Welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network in this edition of the OU Jewish Reaction Show. Each week we get an opportunity to, uh, to explore some of the amazing things that the uh, OU is doing and things that are happening in the Jewish community in general uh, with some of the wonderful people that, uh, uh, that in fact are uh, responsible for them. You can go to the OU website, check out all their different departments and all the wonderful um, the services they provide for our community nationwide and worldwide. Go to OU.org for information. That's OU.org. And I remind you that you could follow us on social media. The Nahum Siegel Network is available to you on the NSN app. That's a wonderful way to listen. NSN, if you haven't uh, put it in your cell phone and your iPhone or Android yet, it's the Nahum Siegel Network app. And in addition to that, social media such as Facebook, uh, our Facebook update page, Nahum Siegel Network, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and on Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network. Well, uh, the Miami Marathon is coming up in January. That's right. Not too early to uh, register. January the 24th, the Miami Marathon uh, takes place down in Florida. And Team Yachad, and I've had the experience of actually being with Team Yachad during one of these uh, incredible weekends. Team Yachad is going to be raising great money for the Yachad organization. They'll be running to promote disability inclusion. And they've got a large group. This has grown to be an amazing I would assume that this coming January 24th will be the largest group ever. And the person who's responsible for the fitness and the health of those who run in the Miami Marathon for Team Yachad is the well-known Coach Jazz. Coach Jazz is legendary at this point and joins us via telephone in this edition of the OU Jewish Reaction Show. Coach, welcome back to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I love being on. You are always so enthusiastic. It's unbelievable. <laughs> how, how did this relationship start? How did Yachad know they needed you, and how did you gravitate toward Yachad? Oh, my gosh. It was like um, 2009, and I um, I had gotten a call because I'm a certified running coach with Roadrunners Club of America, and um, there was a young man, David Best at the time. He was a part of the team. And they had this great idea about, you know, doing this marathon, a great way to raise money. And um, he reached out to one of my friends that's a coach, and he couldn't do it. And he would say, but you know what, I have someone who's perfect for you. Why don't you call Coach Jazz? Gave him my information. And from then, we went, and it was like 30 people that January. And who can believe, you know, we're going into our sixth year of doing it. And who could believe that... You know, it, the team's definitely over 200 again this year. That's what I was thinking, that for sure over 200, and I would assume that one has to figure that it's going to be uh, the largest one ever, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, every year it's a stellar year, and mm. we outdo the year before. Do we have any Team Yachad members, be truthful now, that do the whole marathon, or everybody's basically stuck at the half marathon mark? The majority of the people do the half. There are a few people who do the full, and usually the ones who do the full are the ones who are, like, like really dedicated to, like, going and do the training or have been running for a while, right. and they want to challenge themselves. But usually it's just so much fun when the guys do the half because they all run together. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's an amazing event, and I'm not putting down anybody who's doing the half. Trust me. I, I can barely do a mile. So I <laughs> so I'm not putting <laughs> no, down It's so much fun, really, is, but there are some people who really – you know, um, a small amount who go in and, and do the full, and we support them on the course. Because but the majority of the guys really enjoy doing the half. Because no joke, and I and I know that the, you know some people may not get this, and and others may not have realized it until you follow the sport for a long time. 
the difference in training, if, if in fact there is a lot of training necessary for the half, and I assume there's some necessary, yeah. the difference in training is, is, is a world of difference. It's two different sports, the half and the full, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm training people now for the New York City Marathon, and it's a, you're sacrificing a whole lot more of your time when you're doing um, a full marathon because you really need to run a minimum of four times a week right. and strength train, and you need your day of rest. So you're really, like, sacrificing a lot of your time. The runs are longer, you know, where with a half, um, I won't admit it, but there's just a lot you can get over with, right. <laughs> you know. You're definitely not sacrificing as much time. And also you're not on your feet as long when you are running, right. so you know. So you can do short runs during the week, like tempo runs, like a little 30-minute run one day, 40-minute run another day, and then do a long run on Sunday. Um, and you're just not sacrificing as much time. So what does this teach us about the marathon itself? It basically teaches us that anything over 15 miles is already a completely different ball game, right? Um, I, I would definitely say so. I, I would definitely say so. It's just, you know, I always tell people to respect the uh, distance. And so when you do 26.2, you're really talking about um, you want to put the proper training in because of what it's going to do to, to your body. You know, you want to have fun on race day. Right. And that's what I like to tell everybody, even about the half marathon also, you know. We, we all want to have fun. You know, you want to enjoy the experience. Um, you know, a lot of my guys go out there, my guys, they're young, and some of them don't train as much. But... They play basketball or they do soccer or they do other things, you know. Right. So they have some activity level. Um, so you, you, you definitely want to, you know, be be active for sure. And by the way, I, I was going to say, by the way, plenty of ladies on Team Yachad as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. lots. You got plenty lots. of uh, plenty of people, both uh, male bo- and female. Right, the Absolutely. men and the women are well represented. Young and young. We've got the young guys, the high school guys. The college guys, adults, families. I love when I see the families that come in. Mom, dad, kids, the whole family, everyone's running. All right, so excuse my obsession with this whole, you know, half and full thing, but is is there a wall then in the half? Is there a point that, you know, for regular people, not those who are, you know, training for New York City marathons constantly, for regular people where it really is a very challenging mile, whether it be, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is? Um, or I would say a lot of times for some people when they get to about mile 10, because they're 10 miles in and they've got a 5K to go, you know. Um, and that gives and them trouble. It, it, it would kind of be the wall in the half marathon world. You know, you're more than halfway through. Um, and for some people, you know, you don't have to run 13.1 to run 13.1. You know right. what I'm saying? So for some people, they get to 10. And, you know, when, they, when you hit double digits, that's the most a lot of people have ever run. So either, you know, it's when you kind of, that's where the mental game comes in. You know, you've got to talk yourself into it. Like, yeah, you can do this. It's something new. And in doing Yakad, that's what's so amazing because you look to your right and your left and you're going to see a team member. We're one of the largest teams that are out there. So you, and, and the coaches are out there. Right. So we're out there at different mile, mile markers to make sure that you guys are okay and to, like, push everyone along. Well, interesting. Uh, what do you say to people who have never run before or really have never even thought about doing a half marathon? This is a good opportunity to jump in, huh? Absolutely. It's a great opportunity to jump in. If you come in with the idea, first of all, you're raising um, money for an, an, an amazing organization. So there it starts, you know. Right. So it's not just for yourself. 
And then, you know, what we're asking of you is that, you know, we, we give everyone a calendar. So you have a calendar from now to race day, and it tells you exactly what to do, along with emails that I send out explaining things from what you should wear to, you know, where to get your sneakers to, you know, what you should eat and all that type of stuff. So we give you all the information that you need so you don't feel that you're on your own. Um, and in following the calendar, you try to do the best that you can to get through the workouts as, as we have it, uh, you know, outlined for you. The most important really trying to be those long runs on Sunday because you really want to have time on your feet. So it's a great opportunity, um, especially as we get ready to go into the holidays. What better way to stay in shape through the holidays than to train for a half? Yeah, no question about that. <laughs> You're right. There's going to be lots of great stuff going on for the holidays. So, you know, it's a great way so that when you start your year off, those New Year's resolutions, you're already in the program. No question about it. Coach Jazz is with us. We're talking about the Team Yachad Marathon coming up. It's actually the Miami Marathon. You could run the full. You could run the half. It's January the 24th down in Miami. That's vacation time. Nine, oh, yeah. 96 days to go. As you just said, you're, you're there to support everybody, not just the day of the race, even three months before, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the important thing. We um, we have, you know, the calendars and everything, and we have the emails to go on out. Because I always think, like, a well-informed runner is much better. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, running is as easy as lacing up your sneakers. But when it comes to this stuff, you know, sometimes the emails are long, but you feel really informed after. Like, you know, you can understand, oh, well, I was wearing cotton socks, not dry fit socks. Or, you know, oh, this is why this happened. I didn't hydrate enough. So it's, you know, we really want to give people as much information as possible so that you're really a well-informed runner and you know what's going on and you know what to expect. Coach Jazz, you've seen some good gear over the years. Does Team Yachat have good gear? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I if you look in my closet right now, some of the best have been my sweatshirts <laughs> and bags. The bags and the sweatshirts are amazing. All right, so they do give you good stuff. They give you good swag. Oh, yeah, good, <laughs> they, yeah, good they give you, on and, race day. Like, you check into your hotel and as you check in, there's a great gift bag for you that's on your bed. And you're like, oh, what is this? And on top of all the good stuff that's in there, snacks and all that stuff, but there's also some really cool stuff. All right, there you go. Coach Jazz is with us talking about the Miami Marathon and Team Yacha, January the 24th. Everybody who registers, you can go to the web at teamyacha.com. Again, that's teamyacha.com. And you get to choose if you want to run, walk, or jog, or do whatever you want to get through the 13one uh, miles. It's round trip airfare to Miami, hotel accommodations, a pre-race pasta party, and post-race barbecue, which are always fun. And of course, the Team Yachad racing gear, as we pointed out. You can go to the website at teamyachad.com and check it out. So how do you deal with the um, uh, proliferation of uh, delicious food to eat, especially in our tradition, which goes on on a regular basis? You know, a lot of people feast, as you alluded to earlier, during holiday time, couple of uh, couple of days a year. It seems that in our community, it's happening at least once or twice a week. A week. <laughs> so, so how, do, you, do, you, do you get frustrated with folks like us? I mean, no, no. You know what? Because even in doing that, there are still ways to eat healthy. You know, and it's all about portions. You know, so I mean, on the other hand, I always say food is fuel. Right. You know. So be able, you know, so to be able to eat the right things and then be able to go out and just run it off and work it off, you know. But it is important um, to eat because that's one of the biggest mistakes that some people don't. 
um, you know, they try to, this is not the time to try to cut back on calories, but you just want to have great portion control, you mm-hmm. know. So as opposed to having, you know, four helpfuls, maybe you just have one, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Boy, it, really it sounds... It comes down to portions and the right combination. Sounds easy um, when you say you it. Know, of your protein and all that stuff. But it is important. It's always important to remember that food is fuel. Um, but just, you know, easy on the sweets, you know. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of that stuff. It's 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 all about just being able to say no to certain things and yes to others. I was just pointing out that it sounds easy when you say it. You know, when Yachad goes to Jerusalem, I'm sure you've heard about this. The hills of Jerusalem really make it a challenge, even a greater challenge than most other you know half marathons around the world. Yes. Is the Miami course is a really easy one from that standpoint or not? Oh, absolutely. Like I'm dying to go to Jerusalem for that race because I love hills. Of course <laughs> I would. But um, Miami is relatively flat. The most inclines that you get are when you're going um, over some of the overpasses. Right. You know, it's like a little incline up and down. But compared to Jerusalem, oh, my God, like, there's no comparison. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like a, a, a sidewalk versus, like, a giant hill. You and, know? Al- and also because it's Team Yachad, it's not a rarity for you to be on the course as a coach or anybody who's a spectator. And see, I don't know, you know, a couple of guys helping somebody in a wheelchair or some special unit that's being used, you know, where someone's pushing somebody or somebody's pulling somebody. And I know that happens in other marathons as well, but you're directly involved because that's the, that's the actual cause. We're talking about Team Yachad. How does, how does that feel when you see all this happening on the course? Um, you know, all I can say is that, you know, when I'm there for that weekend, when I come back to New York, it like it takes me a while to decompress because it's so moving. Um, because basically, you have people that, especially a lot of these kids, teenagers, guys in their twenties, whatever, they're pushing people in wheelchairs. Um, we have some some of the special needs kids that are actually doing the race. They're actually doing the race with a chaperone. So when things like that happen, I always come back, and when I see the pictures and I post stuff, it's like, what's your excuse? You know what I mean? Yep. When you see someone out there that's walking 13.1 miles, there's no reason that you can't get up and do something because these guys not only are they assisting others, the chaperones are amazing because they're volunteering their time to help and to run with these guys. And it's just something that, you know, you don't see in every race. And Yakad being so big, so many of our participants are out there, not just, you know, on the sidelines, they're in the race. And they finish the race, which is amazing. It is incredible. Coach Jazz is with us talking about Team Yakad. You can go to the website, teamyakad.com. By the way, the website has some featured runners, some of the in fact, some of the people that uh, that Coach Jazz was alluding to, some that uh, might have some disabilities but are plowing forward and uh, are committed to finishing the race, uh, the run, on the 24th of uh, January. And uh, you'll see that on the homepage. Plus, it gives you an opportunity to sponsor whoever you wish during the race. Uh, very easy to do, all online. And, of course, all sponsorships are welcome. Plus, of course, there are many major sponsors who are associated with this point at the race. As you pointed out, this has been going on so long ever, already. It seems everybody wants in uh, to this very successful effort. And there are no, a lot of, absolutely. And everybody out there who's uh, who's trying to hook on to a successful team knows that Team Yachad, in fact, is one of those successful teams. Hey, marathons these days, and I don't know how far back you go with these races, but marathons these days, uh, every every runner 
can literally get the exact time that it took them to run, right? This is all computerized at this point. Absolutely. Everything is computerized, which is amazing um, because you wear a chip. So um, your chip is actually on your bib. And it can tell you when you went over the start line and when you exactly. crossed the finish line. When you go over the start line, and from there it basically breaks everything down for you. When you go past the 5K mark, the 10K mark, so everyone will have a finishing time. How cool is that, huh? No, it's so awesome, and you can go on, like, you can find out right right, right away, right after the race, but then you go on the um, a website after, and you get to see a whole breakdown of how, how you did and what your average pace was. Pretty cool. So for some of those people who aren't wearing, like, their own watch or something, it's pretty awesome um, to see, you know, like, oh, I did this in two and a half hours, you know, three hours, two hours, you know, whatever it is. Did you have a favorite day? A day where, where a day where it just all went perfectly and you had your best time ever? One of those type of days? Oh yeah, like I've totally had those those days uh, my, myself. I think which half was it that I had done? Um, I think no. You know what? It's the uh, Paris Marathon. The Paris, Paris Marathon. I did the Paris Marathon in 2008, and that was one of my like. It was an amazing course. It was amazing weather. Great day beautiful city and i it was just an amazing amazing race for me one of those things where everything just clicked huh everything just clicked and you know what but i'm also realistic and i also tell my guys like listen we do the best that we can you know you train the best that you can there are some weeks that you can hit every training dates and there are some days that you can't you don't beat yourself up we just move forward and when it comes to race day you know you know that you've done the best that that you can and there are some things we have control over like we have control over making sure you stop at every water station and have water and gatorade and you know make sure you've got some sports beans that stuff we can control you know waking up putting your clothes on but when some some things we can't control are like weather you know so when it's in your favor or not you know sometimes you wake up on race day and it's not the perfect condition but you go out there and you just do the best that you can. It must be interesting. You said the New York City Marathon is coming up. I would assume you're, yeah. pre- you're praying for temperatures around, I don't know, 55, 60 degrees. That's yeah. what I would assume. But, <laughs> no but, wind. But you realize, <laughs> you realize, especially with a day like today, you could be in the 30s, and then you realize you're training people for Miami, where by the time the race ends, you could be in the 80s. Absolutely, and that's why we let them know um, that's part of where the emails and stuff come in. You know, we definitely let everyone know that you're training in colder weather for most people that, you know, a lot of people that come from from Canada or from, um, you know, from from the East Coast. But, you know, that's why when we get down there, we make sure that we're drinking enough sports beverages, you know, and things like that to get your electrolytes in. That, that weekend especially, because it will be warm, and that's why we let everyone know they stop at every aid station, every water station, and you have a sip of water and a sip of Gatorade. Those are all the things that are going to help you with you losing the sodium and potassium as, as, as you're sweating. Unbelievable. So that's, you know what I mean? It's a whole process, and we yeah. also let people know, like, you know, for those guys who have, like, a goal time, we let them know, you know, if it is, you know, it all depends on the weather. If it's warmer, your goal time expect to be a little slower, right. you know, because it's, it's a bit warmer. 
Coach Jazz, she'll be leading everybody across the finish line on the 24th of January down at the Miami Marathon with Team Yachad. Anybody who registers will be introduced to you by email, right? They'll get an email Absolutely. from you. Absolutely. They'll get a welcome email. And even if um, now I'm like on my second email to the team, right. but we would send them the welcome email, the first email. We like we For all the guys that just come on, we send them any of the information that they may have lost, that they may not have gotten already. Um, because they're joining a little later. And then, you know, I kind of help them get on track with their schedule. For example, if they haven't run at all and they're just starting now, their schedule would be a little different um, because on, on our calendar we have from beginner to, you know, first-timers first to those people that are coming back. So if they need to tweak their schedule a little bit, I definitely help them with that. Well, Coach, it sounds like you know just how great a cause this is, and after all these years, I'm sure you do, and I'm sure you're looking forward to a lot of fun down in Miami in January. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck. I know you prepare a lot of wonderful people for a great cause, and it's great speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful day. There she is, Coach Jazz, a legendary name already in the Jewish community, the leader of Team Yachad at the Miami Marathon this coming January, January the 24th. Coach Jazz will be leading the team, and up until that point, we'll be uh, helping everybody train and keep tips in mind and uh, guide them how to go through their whole training process. Miami Marathon, and there are some people who do the full marathon. Most people, of course, on Team Yachad do the half marathon is January the 24th, running to promote disability inclusion. You can go to the website, teamyachad.com. Again, that's teamyachad.com. Just a photo gives you a an idea of what type of camaraderie, what type of brotherhood and sisterhood there is at this event. It is a large group of people who are together for one goal, not to support Yachad. You can check it out on the website, teamyachad.com. More coming up. It's the OU Jewish Reaction Show, and you are listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
and uh, Simcha Liner together as we continue our OU Jewish Reaction Show for this week. My name is Nachum Siegel. I thank you for joining us. Don't forget you can uh, install the uh, NSN app and listen really comfortably and clearly from anywhere around the world on your iPhone and Android. The NSN app is available to you. Go into the uh, app store on your phone and uh, search Nachum Siegel Network. On social media, it's um, uh, Facebook has the uh, Facebook update page for our network, which is simply Nahum Siegel Network, on uh, Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and on Instagram, uh, search Nahum Siegel Network. Simple as that. Uh, Shira Eisenberg is with us. He spent the first uh, part of our show today talking about the Miami Marathon Team Yachad coming up January the 24th, talking about the race itself and preparing for the race. Um, Shira Eisenberg is a health and nutrition writer. Um, she has written in Jewish Action, which of course is an OU publication. She's also a registered dietitian. Now, why a registered dietitian and health and nutrition writer would be welcome on a show like this when we, when we don't like to be reminded about eating well and uh, having nutrition foremost in our minds is a good question. But all kidding aside, Shira can give us some insight into this entire topic right now. Shira Eisenberg, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much. A pleasure to speak to you. Your most recent article was on what topic? Uh, well, the one I just wrote actually hasn't been published, uh, okay. but it's on saturated fat and its role in heart disease. How did saturated fat start to get such a bad reputation over the last few years? I didn't ever, I never even heard about it as a kid. Over the last, what, two years, you said? I, I said over the last couple of years. Oh, though. it's like 30 plus years. So, um, I mean... Uh, maybe the first study was in the 1950s. Um, saturated fat uh, is linked to raising uh, the bad cholesterol, the LDL levels right. in the blood, and LDL is related to heart disease. And um, that's kind of, I guess, how it got this bad reputation because it seems to uh, 
maybe promote heart disease. Give, um, give me a good example of a food that uh, is often in our diet, in our community, which would contain mm-hmm. a lot of saturated fat, or would you simply answer all of them? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, a food high in saturated fat. Um, so uh, saturated fats come from animal food, so that's your uh, meats and uh, any kind of uh, home whole dairy products. Um, I mean, obviously, low-fat dairy products will have some more, some saturated fat as well, but right. they take some saturated fat out. That's why it is called a lower fat. Right. Um, so maybe um, it depends on how you make a food, but something, let's say, like uh, one of the biggest offenders, let's say, is liver. Mm. <laughs> um, that would be a bad one. Liver, huh? let's say, um, in the, you know, the prototypical Jewish diet. Yeah. Um, but I think people are definitely moving more towards um, having more fruits and vegetables, more salads, um, and people are more interested in health. So, Are you surprised that that trend made it into the community or because the world, and obviously the U.S., is so focused on it right now, we, we essentially have to go along for the ride? <laughs> well, we do. Have to, I mean, and I'm glad about that. Um, I'm not really surprised because... It sometimes does take uh, the firm community a little longer to get, you know, to the trends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not that surprised, but it, it's definitely a good move. I think that um, there's still a, good, a big need for um, more education on what's really healthy and what just kind of seems healthy. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, important. And that, that's kind of what I try to also do in my writing, too. And to get that point across, huh? yeah. And I would, and I would guess someone like yourself, speaking with Shira Eisenberg, uh, registered dietitian, health and nutrition writer, I would guess someone like yourself would encourage people to do things slowly, right? One step at a time. Exactly. Eliminate maybe one thing and don't worry about the 10 or 20 that needs to be eliminated totally. Right. I mean, well, when you, you want to always do something that is, um, something that you're okay with, like a, when you make a change to your lifestyle, you want it to be a change you can maintain. And right. if you try to take on something that is too much at once, um, it can be very hard to, you know, keep it up. Yeah, it would be so let's say somebody wants to cut down on their soda intake, but they drink like five cans a day, um, that person could go cold turkey, but that would be probably hard for them to <laughs> stay. It, what might work better is, um, you know, starting instead of drinking five cans, drink maybe three cans a day, you know, and, and just kind of work it down um, for them. I, read and I think people have a harder time with, with that kind of change because they feel like I'm still doing something, you know, bad, like mm-hmm. bad in quotation marks, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's they're, they have to remember that they're doing, they're actually improving, and that's what's most important. I read an article recently, very recently, the last week or two, about um, soda retail sales in this country going down drastically, like somewhere between 15 and 25 percent. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, which is unbelievable. And it's in- I find it incredible that people, not just in our community but everywhere, are drifting more toward water or water-based drinks. And, mm-hmm. again, they've been around for so long, but the transition took such a long time. Um, I mean, I think people are also drifting towards other kinds of drinks, too. Maybe not soda, but other maybe juices or, or things that have our higher calories. So we do need to still, you know, just because it's not soda doesn't mean that it's still a healthy choice. Right. But it, it is, like you, you say, that people are drinking more water. And, um, you know, I definitely see a lot of an emphasis on water. And I think that's 
that's great that water is like you know so essential to our health um to our bodies and um definitely it's definitely a move in the right direction did you grow up in a home that emphasized all these things um <laughs> i don't know if my mom's gonna listen to this <laughs> what i can say um not so much <laughs> No, the reason I say it is because you got to pick it up somewhere. At some point, you probably had some type of epiphany where, you know, where, where this became a, a priority for you. Right. It's funny. I actually, I always loved baking when I grew up. I grew up, um, you know, making fancy cakes and decorating them. And I was trying to pick a, you know, a field like when I was, you know, 19, 20. And, and I was like, oh, you know, nutrition is kind of like, I like baking. Maybe I'll like that. And I didn't realize at the time, it was kind of silly of me, but that it's actually, like, totally different. Um, But I just kind of fell into it, and, um, you know, it was definitely a process, you know, revamping all my eating habits. I'm not saying I'm a perfect eater, and the truth is that I don't think that you need to be 100% perfect all the time. I think what's most important is what you do most of the time, and I'm a strong believer in everything in moderation and... um, you know, it's okay to have, you know, dessert on Shabbos, let's say, or or something like that. Um, so, and, a, so a teaspoon of cookies and cream ice cream would not drive you crazy. A tub well, full, a tub full <laughs> might drive you crazy. A teaspoon would drive me crazy because, like, that's, like, what do you do with that? Like, you put it, <laughs> that would drive me crazy, actually. <laughs> I think in some cases, you know, <laughs> what's, why bother with a teaspoon? Like, yeah, I understand that. And to become a registered dietitian, is that a difficult process? Um, you have to get an undergrad in, well, you doesn't have to actually technically be in nutrition, but you have to take all the required um, nutrition courses. And then um, afterwards, there's an internship process, which I, I don't know, I don't remember exactly how many hours it is, but it's, you know, my, my internship was a year-long um, program. And I've heard that it's become very, very competitive. So I think it is a little bit... Um, you, know, you have to really want to do it. You have to prepare um, uh, while you're in school with um, sort of extracurricular activities that sort of show that you're a good candidate to try to get you in, in the right doors. Hmm, interesting. And it, it would seem that uh, I mean, I guess your clients or those you work with or the you know the people that uh, you're assigned to. I don't know exactly how in the industry you know exactly where you fit in, but. The, the people that you're dealing with on a regular basis, it would seem that it's not just arranging diets for them and discussing with them the importance of making these changes. I assume you have to, in some way, be a sort of a psychologist. Am I right? Like you have to, you have to help them actually adjust their thinking. Yeah, there's definitely for people who do counseling, there's for sure um, psychology involved. Um, I took. Um, counseling courses, um, you know, in, as part of my training to um, kind of get there. I don't, right now, I really focus on writing in my mm. career, but um, there's so much you could do with nutrition. Like, it's really a diverse field. Um, there's not just, you're not just always helping, you know, an individual. Like, there's, um, I've worked in the school nutrition programs, for example, and, um there are, like, regulations, government, federal government regulations, you know, for what has to go into, like, a school lunch that would be reimbursed by um, the federal government. 
Um, and I know that there actually are a lot of um, from schools who do participate in these um, programs. So it's really interest. It's really an interesting kind of branch of nutrition that a lot of people don't think about. Um, and then there's there's public health where you're focusing on, you know, helping promote um, healthy, let's say, in, in the case of nutrition, healthy lifestyles, you know, on a population level, which right. is much more complex um, because you're not actually you're not. You're going to be using psychology, but you're not thinking about how does one person react. You have to think about, well, how does the whole population react? And you do a lot of environmental-based um, strategies. Interesting. Sheera yeah. Eisenberg is with us, registered dietitian, health and nutrition writer. Uh, is it your responsibility to include recommendations of exercise when it comes to these types of things? Is that something that you focus on, or that's not really your area of expertise? Um, I, it's, I am not a personal trainer. I, I have been in the past, but um, it's not something that I feel like I'm an expert in. So I would just usually just generally encourage um, uh, increased activity. And um, also what's most important, I think, is varied activity and a combination of not just cardiovascular, like the exercises that make you make your heart go up, but also strength training. Um, you know, and a lot of people think of that as like muscle, you know, building muscles or lifting weights, and that's definitely part of it, but it, it could also be things um, using, using your own body weight, um, like push-ups or sit-ups and that kind of stuff, um, because that kind of stuff builds the muscle in your body, and that helps promote um, healthy weight maintenance because muscle burns more calories, Um and also because uh, um, strength training in general, um, you know, it can improve your posture, you know, the way you stand because of, you have stronger muscles. It can, um, you know, help just with your daily activities of life. Wow. You know a lot about this stuff, don't you? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, uh, we, we've spoken about the, um, uh, the obesity crisis in this country, especially vis-a-vis, you know, young kids. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Do you see any change? Do you see our community addressing that challenge at all? Uh, a friend of mine actually just she lives in a community in New Jersey, and she just forwarded me the uh, the new policies that her kids' school are implementing. I think it's, it was healthy snack policies or uh, something like that. Um, I think a lot of uh, from schools are going that direction, having some kind of policy like you can't send you know candy to school, or maybe let's say they have two. Snack periods, maybe you can only have like you know, you know, can junk food for like you know this period, and you know, no junk food for that one, and encouraging the fruits and vegetables. Um, it's hard to say. There's not as much research on you know. There, I, there's not as much. That's that's an understatement. There's no research really on <laughs> from schools and how the kids eat. Um, and you know, I think that's that's. It would be great to have that information. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed, the Shabbos and Yontif table is a lot different. It may still include a lot of the traditional dishes like uh, we're used to, especially around holiday time, because, you know, there are certain traditions that make it through each time. But I think in general, the, the kosher feast, that the kosher homemade feast has a little bit of a different complexion than it did a few years back. Yeah, like I said, I think that people are, you know, um, they're having a lot more salads. Right. Um, they're... Uh, serving more fruit for dessert, yeah. um, and I think more main dishes that are dominated. Right, more main dishes are what that are dominated by vegetables. I think there are more main dish choices. I'm not saying there's not chicken and meat there. There are, right, but I think right. there are more main dish choices that are dominated by vegetables. 
that's great. You, you may walk into a house and actually see a full plate of grilled vegetables as opposed to, you know, what another side dish may have been, that a kugel may have been years ago, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I always joke that I don't really make kugels because, <laughs> like, I try to just have the vegetable as it is. Instead of adding eggs and sugar or flour or whatever to it. And whipping it into something, huh? Yeah. I think, I think, I think most chefs would say it's easier your way anyway. Shira Eisenberg, she is a health and nutrition writer, registered dietitian. She has appeared in the Jewish Action magazine. The upcoming article, your next one you said is on saturated fats. That's actually, no, that's not for the Jewish action. Right, but I'm I'm saying the next time you're published, it's going to be on the subject of saturated fats. And what was your most recent Jewish action article about? Oh, gosh. What could Um, it have been? I write them so far in advance, it's hard for me to remember. I would have to... Is it always tied to a holiday? Is it always tied to a time of year or not Uh, necessarily? Yeah, because they come out, they're quarterly. They come out, um, you know, and I'm not always in every single issue. Understood. so, so yeah, it's usually like if it's around Pesach time, it's, got, right. it's going to have some connection to Pesach. If it's around, around the summer, it'll have some kind of summer. Oh, you must let people have it like crazy around Pesach <laughs> time. Wow. And Hanukkah as well. <laughs> I can only I imagine. I try never to let people have it. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding around. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're, we're, we were focused today on Team Yachad, so uh, we're talking about uh, you know running and getting into shape and training. Right. And obviously, I actually wrote an article about Team Yachad. Yeah, that might have been my most recent one for the Jewish Action. Very nice. Um, what were your impressions of the team? Um, you know, I had never, like, talked to people before so much about running, and uh, and they were so motivating that um, I actually started running because of it. Um, I had never been a runner, and I just was so motivated by them. They're like, because a lot of them had started, you know, they were not very active, and they wanted to kind of do it for for Yachad, to support, show their support for Yachad, and um, they just, they, they just, it changed their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just was so inspired, I'm like, I have to try it, <laughs> and I, I like it, I really enjoy running now. Good to get involved in a good cause, has a lot of other side benefits, yeah. huh? Yeah, definitely, um, I wanted to, to maybe do the, the marathon um, last year, after, cause my article was right before the marathon, and I, I just, um, it didn't work out. Um, but maybe, maybe I'll do it still <laughs> another time. January 24th. Uh, is that when it is this year? Yep. Oh, I've got to start training. There you go. <laughs> Shira, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Shira Eisenberg, health and nutrition writer, registered dietitian. Team Yachat heads to Miami for January the 24th, running to promote disability inclusion. OU Jewish Reaction Show and uh, Team Yachad remind you to register now. You can go to the site, teamyachad.com. Again, that's teamyachad.com. All the information is there. Everything's included that you can imagine, uh, including the gear, including a great weekend, pre-race pasta party, post-race barbecue, and everything you'd expect at a wonderful Miami Marathon with Team Yachad, something that we've experienced. Not actually, I didn't actually run, but I saw it uh, the entire weekend live and in person. So any information, go to teamyachad.com, register, and get ready to enjoy your full marathon or half marathon down in Miami. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program. This is the Nachum Siegel Network.
It's an Nachum Siegel Network with David Gabe. Big thank you to our guests today on the uh, OU Jewish Reaction Show here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Remember, on social media, you can always uh, get in touch with us and find out what's going on by heading to Facebook and the Nachum Siegel Network Facebook update page, simply entitled Nachum Siegel Network. On Twitter, it's at Nachum Siegel Net. On Instagram, search Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, OU Jewish Reaction Show, reminding everybody that the uh, Yachad Team Yachad participation in the Miami Marathon happens on January 24th down in Miami, Florida, running to promote disability inclusion. Make sure to register. You'll get your gear. You'll enjoy a great weekend. You'll have a wonderful time, and you'll uh, run either 13.1 or 26.2 miles down in Miami for uh, a great cause. And that, of course, is the Yachad organization. Team Yachad heads down for January 24th in uh, Miami, Florida, and you can be part of it. You've been listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show. My name is Nachum Siegel. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to install the NSN app so you can listen anywhere around the world to the Nachum Siegel Network, the NSN app for Android and for iPhone. And I thank you for listening to the OU Orthodox Union Jewish Reaction Show right here at the Nachum Siegel Network.